just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. I'm joined here for a little bit longer with uh, former New Bedford Mayor John Bullard. He's president of the New Bedford Ocean Cluster. So we talked a a lot about um, offshore wind, uh, some of the responses to former Mayor Lang's comments on the program last week that were very critical of it. Uh, I do. There was one more thing I wanted to bring up. It was the potential job growth of of offshore wind. Now, you'd said offshore wind will work. Um, complementary with the local fishing industry, but do you think it has the potential for the fishing industry's job growth in the region? Uh, well, I'm not sure exactly what you mean, Marcus, but I think that um, I think that that offshore wind has the potential uh, to do for New Bedford what whaling and textiles did. That is to create jobs that will support uh, our economy for multiple generations Okay, uh, the way those two industries did. And I think so it, it's broader than what it will do for commercial fishing. Uh, it is an opportunity, but it's an opportunity that has to be seized. That is... It doesn't just fall in our lap. It's a new industry. Nobody knows how to do it because it's brand new. And uh, and it's also something where a lot of people look and say, well, I don't see it. It's not here. They're building a, a ground station in Barnstable now, so it is here. Right. They're laying some cables, so it is here. Uh, Mayor Mitchell, when we had a delegation from uh, Britain uh, a month or so ago, said, well, people from New Bedford who went over to Europe and saw what is happening in Europe have an advantage of seeing uh, what has happened in Europe with offshore wind and how quickly it ramped up uh, because... They, they saw the reality of it, the reality of how it transforms seaports and uh, how many jobs it creates. Um, in the, the first quarter of t- 2023, Vineyard Wind is going to take over the Marine Commerce Terminal in, 20, uh, in the south end of New Bedford. Yeah. And uh, things are going to start to very quickly ramp up here. Uh, Vineyard Wind, along with the New Bedford Ocean Cluster, has a job fair going on at the old vocational school on January 12th. Begins, I think, at 3 o'clock. Yeah, Dana Ribeiro reached out to me. I think yep. we're going to do some promo here, actually. Good. yeah. Uh, and these are companies that will be hiring people. Yeah. Uh, and so I encourage people to find out about that circle January 12th, Old Vocational School, 3 o'clock on your calendar. Um, Some of these jobs uh, will be such that uh, a lot of training may not be necessary. 
Other jobs are going to be jobs where some training is necessary. Bristol Community College has invested in something called NOWI, N-O-W-I, the National Offshore Wind Institute, uh, down on the waterfront at the old product packaging uh, corporation, uh, to train people for this brand new industry. Uh, so uh, this will uh, start to accelerate as soon as we turn into 2023. It will be a big deal. It's a huge deal in Europe, and it's coming to our shores uh to a city near you, namely New Bedford, (laughs) uh, very soon. And so for people uh, who are willing to get out of their comfort zone, like 200 feet above sea level, uh, this can be uh, an opportunity uh, that can transform lives and can transform cities. And... uh, Another reason why this is really worth looking into is, as Vineyard Wynn says, this is, uh, we're first to be first. If you get into this industry here, if you look at a map of offshore wind lease areas, it starts right off of New Bedford, but it doesn't finish here. You know, from New Bedford, it goes down to Rhode Island and Connecticut and New York, and Virginia, and North Carolina, you know, and South Carolina, and Georgia, and then around into the Gulf of Mexico. So if you become someone who uh, gets trained and practiced in offshore wind, you can write your ticket in this industry, not just in Massachusetts, but all the way down the coast, and then into the Gulf Coast, and then up the West Coast. So this is the first. This is the pioneers. Now, why are we good at that? Because New Bedford is a gateway city, right? We're made up, our people are made up of people who decided to get out of their comfort zone and leave the Azores or leave Cabo Verde or leave uh, Central America or uh, Puerto Rico or the Dominican Republic and come here. For a new start, our people have already shown they're willing to try something very different. So we already know we have people who have what it takes, the courage to leave everything familiar and do something very different. That's what offshore wind is. So, so we, we have the right people. That's I think that's a good note to uh, to wrap up with. I think that was a very stirring, uh, stirring endorsement of the promise of offshore wind. And Mayor Bullard, uh, I appreciate you coming on today. Uh, you're the president of the New Bedford Ocean Cluster. And uh, I hope to have you back as all of these developments happen so we can talk more about it. Thank you very much, Marcus. I appreciate it. All right. We're going to take a break. I'll be right back. Marcus, 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. Open phone lines for the remainder of uh, the program. That was uh, that was former New Bedford mayor and president of current president of the New Bedford Ocean Cluster, John Bullard. Uh, again, I thought his commentary was great, and I thought it was really important 
Um, you know, we had Mayor Lang on who sort of surprised us all with his commentary on offshore wind. Um, and so uh, his, you know, his stirring rebuke of offshore wind. And um, I thought Mayor, uh, I thought former Mayor Bullard had a very, um, uh, provided some very good rebuttals uh, to Lang's criticism. So 508-996-0500 is how you can get uh, on the pro uh, get on the program. Yeah, that, so that stuff is coming. You know, I had when we had Mayor Mitchell on, we had Mayor Mitchell on. Uh, Mayor Mitchell's obviously obviously been very aggressive about uh, getting offshore wind and putting uh, positioning New Bedford as the leader in offshore wind. Uh, at least in the East Coast, he said, uh, this is a competition and we're winning this competition by a long mile is basically what he said. We're winning this competition by a lot. Actually, it was his very first appearance here on South Coast Night that he did say that. You know, he'd come on a few days after he'd gotten back from Europe. He was in the UK for a few days um, doing uh, pitching offshore wind and was the only American there. Um, I think, you know, I, I think that's... I, you know, I, I think that's correct. I think it's, you know, we're seeing this industry thrive uh, in in Europe, and now it's not new. It's not brand new. It's just new to America, and um, I think there's a lot of people investing a lot in this uh, business. So I think it's, uh, you know, I do think it's going to be a good. Um, uh, a, I do think it's going to be a good industry. I thought his commentary on nuclear fusion was funny as well, uh, saying he's been hearing it's 10 years away for 50 years. Um, but 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. Just uh, tomorrow, uh, we have a few things going on. Tomorrow, uh, Adam um, Adam Bass is going to join us for a little bit. Uh, he's a new reporter. He's going to talk about a story he just wrote on WBSM.com. We're going to have Shane Burgo talk about his walkout on the city council along with council, uh, his walkout in the city council that forced an adjournment due to lack of quorum um, and his reasons for doing that. And then at 9, Chris Hendricks is going to join us. So we get a full slate tomorrow. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hey, good evening. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Yeah. Um, I you hear about your world win, the, uh, win in Europe. I just read an article. They lost millions and millions of dollars on that wind in Europe right now, this destroyed wind. That's not true because um, they're not thriving. I just read an article in the New York Post about the Europe turbines that they're losing millions of dollars. And they let off so many people because of uh, competition from, like, China on some of those parts. You know? You read an article in the New York Post? Yeah. Um, yeah, right now it says Europe wind industry is stumbling when it's needed the new york times oh the new york times i mean it has done well for a while even if it's going through a momentary uh yeah. i think it, even if it's going through a mo- momentary uh you know period of let's say discomfort um it has done yeah. well for the time it's been there uh that's i mean that's the reason they've been able to expand uh i think one of the reasons is they're they're short on um I think it's they need more wind power. I think that's one of their problems, uh, if it's my understanding of it. Yeah. It says this month, is it Siemens Gasna Renewable Energy, a Madrid-based company, for me make of offshore wind turbines, reported the annual loss of 900 
and $40 million euros. The company announced cutting cost programs to lead to 2,900 job losses. Yeah, like, I mean, like I said before, a lot of these industries are cyclical. Um, uh, you know, like I said, it has done well for some time. Uh, they've, 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 they're well ahead. They're, they're well ahead of us. Um, they're well ahead of us on, on, on the wind industry. And like I said, just cause it's a momentary period of, I think discomfort doesn't mean that the, the industry hasn't by and large done well. Yeah. But like it says right here, general electric, a large maker of wind turbines in the United States and Europe has also struggled in its clean energy business. The company said last month its renewable energy unit will likely to record a $2 billion in loss this year. That's General Electric. Yeah, no, I read that. I read that, too. And like yeah, I said... So- it's, it's a thing that, you know, I, I mean, the, the entire the entire world economy at this juncture is in a moment of, I think, right. uh, distress. So, yeah, these industries, there's a lot of industries that are having momentary uh, episodes of distress. That doesn't mean the industry hasn't done well before and won't do well in the future. Why? Because I, I believe I read somewhere, too, where the um, Europe has gone back to... Um, with coal and stuff like that for um, for energy or, or nuclear energy as well for some the stuff going through the winter time because they weren't able to produce enough for their uh, their people in Europe. Well, I don't think anybody's saying, and I think anybody that's that has uh, wind industry, the wind industry, like wind turbines, aren't enough to power an electrical grid on its own. Um, that's, I mean, I think everybody's clear on that. It's supplemental to a, to a power grid. It's not in place of, um, other sources of power. I I think everybody's, I think, I don't think any, I think most people are clear on that. I think, you know, I, I think anybody at this juncture, the where, where wind, uh, where winds, where wind is at, I don't think anybody's arguing, at least here in America, that grids can be fully powered by wind. So some countries, I Maybe Germany was it made a mistake in doing that. Um, made a st- mistake on mortgaging their entire, uh, you know, wind power. I mean, uh, you know, mo- a lot of their uh, electrical power on wind. But that oh, doesn't, yeah. you know, that doesn't mean it's not worthwhile. It can't be the yeah. whole thing. It's not. A, it's not a. It's. I hate saying this. It's not a panacea. It's one yeah. part of a you know complementary um it's one it's a complementary part of a collection of energy sources um at this juncture that we'd probably use to to wean ourselves off as as uh, as much fossil fuels as possible but there is no there is no like this is a solution this will get us off fossil fuels forever that doesn't exist right now what does exist is things that can wean us off fossil fuels as much as we possibly can um at, you know anything about fuels too though i mean I believe I'm not a chemist and stuff like that, but I knew like nuclear um, energy. I know it's kind of dangerous, but that's also that's pretty clean as well. And nobody does it better than in America as far as our uh, with our regulations and stuff like that with nuclear. And that's another subject too, is that our um, our grid is horrible and it needs like a whole new transformation. Yeah, it does. Yeah, grid it's is bad. Like it's outdated. It's weak. It's vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of the transformers come over from overseas, which is China. Yeah. So 
if something really happens to our grid, we're up. Um, we're in trouble because it, it needs revamping. Not well, uh, not only that. Not only. Not only that, they, I think there's there's been some recent attacks on power grids over the last few years, and particularly most recently in North Carolina by some uh, extremist groups that show that the electrical grid is actually very susceptible to um, being attacked and, and being compromised. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's true. Our electrical grid does need a significant overhaul, for sure. Oh, yeah, and the vulnerabilities there as well. Like, who's watching these power grids? If those people are able to go on there and just cause havoc, I mean, that's, they're talking about the whole Eastern, you know, I, I believe there's only, what, three or four power grids? There's one that goes up from, like, Maine across the Canada border into New York, and so I think that's the East Coast power grid. I know Texas has their own, and the West yeah, I mean Texas. Texas's power grid is fully privatized, and it's actually very bad because um, their their power grid is basically, you know, it's it's a model for profit, not necessarily a model for service. And so right. they don't do any of the things they don't do any of the federal mm-hmm. regulations that they need to make that gr- grid even moderately mm-hmm. like sustainable in any sort of when it uh, succumbs to any sort of pressure. You know, so Texas and I think is in a uniquely bad situation there with uh, with their with their power grid. Yeah, and, and yeah, it sure is. And um, yeah, so we got to find out a little bit more about this this turbine stuff, but it's not a cure to all. That's for sure. Yeah, I no, I agree. Good. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good evening. Hi, Marcus. Hey, what's up, Shanine? How you doing? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Because I can hardly hear you. Um, You know, there's always an upside and a downside to things. You know what I mean? I agree. Well, it sounds, well, he, I was been listening to everything. You know, I was listening to Lang and he sounded very, very prominent and good. You know, it sounded um, to me like it made a lot of sense. And now, um, Mayor Bullard has a uh, good idea for all the um, jobs and everything in the city. But, you know, later on, like you said, it's like the textile. But, you know, we got left with all these mills empty, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that that, that happened. I mean, a lot of that is, the thing is, is a lot of that has to do with, like, globalization and outsourcing and all of that. Um, I mean, these these wind turbines are supposed to you know, provide energy, uh, you can't really, I don't think there's any way to offshore the jobs that you'd need to maintain those, those turbines. Like you can't, you can't send them abroad. You can't send them to Bangladesh or China or Mexico. You you have to keep them here. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I understand the point for sure. Yeah. Like I listened to the program before, you came on and there was um, a couple of men that called in that were very intelligent and said that they're going to be left in the ocean later on and just stand in there and like a hunk of iron. Right. That's way, 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 way a long time ago afterwards, you know, after it's all said and done. I don't know. Are you for it? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've been support. I mean, I, like it's cl- so a couple of things. It's clear that New Bedford, not New Bedford. It, it's clear that the the country, really, the world, needs to find alternatives um, to fossil fuels. Fossil fuels are. Um, everybody agrees environmentally destructive and finite resource of power. Um, so, uh, you know, wind can further us along that path. Uh, it is not, of course, the cure-all uh, right now, um, but I'm supportive of it. It's a new industry. It can provide uh, jobs. It will provide jobs. There's a lot of investment made by companies and public institutions around here for wind um so i think it is definitely worth um i think it's definitely worth trying and i think that there is a lot of promise that can be delivered by 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 trying it so when is it gonna so it's definitely we are definitely gonna have it right the, yeah they they shut down a cushion at av actually to bring some some parts down um to the uh seaport and uh, I think Mitchell said, he said it here a few months ago that like in a couple months, he said like February of 23, um, you're going to start seeing these parts come down and then they're going to start, uh, you know, Bullard just said they're, they're taking over the Marine Commerce Terminal in the south end of Vineyard Wind. So you're going to start seeing that accelerate pretty quickly. These parts come down, and that stuff start to get built. Oh, I hope it's successful. Yeah, so. me too. Yeah, me too. Okay. You have a good night, Marcus. You as well. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Yeah, no, I um yeah, I think it I think it um I definitely think it can be uh successful. I, I I've been I've written about this quite a bit. I I mean, you know, it's not just Mitchell and it's not just Mitchell and Bullard that are that are for offshore wind. Uh, you know, I, I covered this a few years. Not, it was like a year ago, last summer, when they signed this uh, labor agreement, basically that said there's going to be locally sourced labor to to help maintain and construct the turbines that are coming on uh, that are uh, with uh, Vineyard Wind over in the Marine Commerce Terminal. And there were a lot of people there. There was Gina McCarthy from the Biden administration. You had, um, uh, I remember Karen Spilka was there, the Senate president. Um, obviously, our delegation. You had Mark Montigny, uh, Tony Cabral, et cetera. The, you know, the whole the whole state house dele- uh, the whole state house delegation was there. Um, but Keating and Auchincloss, Congressman Keating and Congressman Auchincloss, who both represent the South Coast, right? Uh, in Congress, they were there and they were talking about. You know, basically how this can, I think Mayor Bullard just said the same thing. This can be, um, you know, the an entirely new, like this can do for New Bedford what Whaling did uh, for New Bedford uh, in the, um, you know, in the 18, 1800s, in the, in the mid to late 1800s and early 1900s. This can be what Whaling was for the city of New Bedford, Whaling and Textiles. So... Um, I, I think it's definitely something that's, I mean, the thing is, is the, the part of it is, you know, a lot of the, the things that we're talking about, it is happening. It's a thing that's going to happen and it'll continue to happen, right? So it, it's it's already the, the toothpaste out of the tube. You're not going to stop it from happening now. It's, there's a lot, there's a lot that's been invested in this and it's going forward. Um, but I think there's a lot of reason for optimism as well. 508 Good evening. 
Umaka, Scott Lima, how are you? Hey, Scott, what's up? Not much. I just tuned into your show, and as, as you may know or may not know, I'm on, I'm on the board of directors of yes. the New Bedford Ocean Cluster. I'm also the chair of the DEI committee. And anyone in the audience that isn't familiar with my name, I'm also the Ward 5 City Councilor. Um, of course. But I just turned into the show, so we're, we're both Lang and Bullet on your show tonight? No, so what happened was Lang was on last week. Uh, when Jack, Jack Spillane filled in for Chris and me last week, and okay. Lang was on with Jack Spillane, and Jack had uh, uh, Lang had made some comments that were very critical of uh, offshore wind, and then um, in response to that, I wanted to get somebody who was supportive of it, so I reached out to um, uh, former Mayor Bullard, who's the president of the Ocean Cluster. And uh, he came on from like 8.30 to 9.15 to sort of rebuke that and talk about why he thinks that there's a lot of promise. Sure, sure. Well, both great guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I like I like both uh, both Scott Lang and, uh, and John Bullard. I, I worked very closely with John Bullard, um, you know, uh, on, on the Ocean Cluster. So I was just wondering, um, I just didn't know if they were both on tonight and, and, and um, how that all went. So I'd like to... If there's a recording, listen to books. Yeah, there's a podcast. You know what, Scott? I'll, I'll send you the um, I'll send you the podcast after I get off air. Uh, there's a podcast of both both uh, uh, everything that was uh, said. So I'll send you those. Sure, yeah. I'm obviously pro wind. I've I've been pro wind for quite some time. Um, I'm on the Ocean Cluster Board of Directors, so I wouldn't be there if I wasn't pro wind. So it'd be interesting to hear and. Um, and uh, I think it's I think it's going to be exciting times for uh, for New Bedford. I think, as you said, it's not you can't get totally away from fossil fuels. Right. Um, you just you just can't. You can see why people like Joe Manchin uh, fight for his state. Uh, if he could get rid of all fossil fuels tomorrow, a lot of people lose their jobs in West Virginia. Right. Um, you know, and you know, to get the boats from the dock out to put the uh, to put the uh, to erect the um, the wind turbines, you know, those boats are going to be running on fossil fuels. They're right. not all going to be running on batteries. Yeah, of so course. I think that you can totally get rid of fossil fuels just doesn't just doesn't make sense. But um, you know, as an alternative source, as another tool in the toolbox, you know, to me, offshore wind uh, totally totally makes sense. Yeah, so, no, uh, absolutely, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think it's what about? Um, do you think it's going to interfere? I mean, I talked to Mayor Bullard about how. You know the the relationship between fishing and offshore wind, and if those two things are going to um, you know uh, be adversarial. And he said they actually have a lot of interest in working working together. What do you think the relationship between offshore wind and the fishing industry is going to be? Sure, I mean there's always going to be some tension, right? I don't I don't think I don't think everything is always going to be rosy. There's always going to be some tension, but I think if we could look at the um, you know, everything that we do with offshore wind should involve our offshore, the, the, the folks who are fishing offshore, commercial fishermen. Right. So we always need to think about them when we're thinking about offshore wind. How can they help? How can they help is not necessarily true transfer, uh, uh, transfer vessels getting crews out to the platforms, but how can we help them? How can we use them? Uh, I've heard recently about I forget who who I was listening to. God, I don't know if it was a local show or a national show, but how out in the Midwest, um, the uh, uh, Congress fights for the farmers out there for uh, subsidies. You know, and yeah. how we should be doing that 
for the, for the fishermen locally. So I think I think that we need to take we absolutely positively need to take care of our fishermen. Um, it's it, we are you know the number one port uh, you know in dollar terms uh, in the United States. So we have to take care of our fishermen. The the there always will be a little bit of tension to see that the wooden is just you know that's just not true. But we need to work together to see how we can make things work out. And also real quickly, I don't, I don't know how big this is, but when the uh, turbines are built. They also do attract certain sea life to them. Okay. Black sea bass, from what I've seen. I looked at schematics of what a, of what the um, uh, the uh, the tower looks like underneath the water. Um, I think they attract black sea bass, maybe some other sea creatures. And then there's also some 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 negative effects, right? You can't talk about one without the other. So we have to work with, with the fishing industry. Offshore wind is going to happen, so that's the deal, right? Right. It's gonna that's going to happen. So how do we work together to make sure that we take care of our fishermen? We have to involve them in everything that we do. Uh, Scott, I, I appreciate you calling in and, 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 and sharing your insight on this. Uh, I do want to ask you about one thing that's not exactly related, um, but... There was a city council meeting last week that had to adjourn because of a lack of quorum. I know you weren't present, um, but what are your thoughts just in general about Councilor Burgo and Councilor Pereira walking out of the meeting to uh, disrupt the quorum? So first of all, anytime I I know if I called in and talk about offshore wind, that you'd, that you'd ask me something else. <laughs> of course, <laughs> yeah. Right? So we know that's still, yeah. So um, first of all, I wasn't at the meeting. I had... I, I mean, I had to leave. I was at a meeting before that actually got canceled because there wasn't a quorum, and then I had to leave at 7 o'clock to do something personal. Um, I haven't spoken to uh, Council Burgo uh, personally, but, again, um, I think that there should be a lot more counselors present given all of the uh, issues that we need to uh, discuss. Some of these appointments have been tied up for a very, very, very long time. So, listen, um, it's going to be a while before we have the next appointments and briefings, appointments and briefings meeting. But um, Council Burgo is a smart guy, and right. um, and um, you know maybe he knows something that I don't know. But um, the bottom line is we need to get these people in front of appointments and briefings and move on these items. But um, and every council has has this decision to make, and I don't know everything that was behind what what he did oh, yeah. but um i think he's concerned that there were not enough counselors here to uh okay. you know to fully vet all of the folks that were coming before us and some of the other issues so um look we're gonna, we're gonna have to move forward and uh and and you know just take care of this business uh early in 2023 okay um so do you think that there's like a number of counselors that should be there uh, other than the quorum for for a meeting or do you think that um, if there's a quorum, the meeting should go you know, forward. Listen, as best we can, this is a tough time of the year to be uh, to setting meetings. It's our job to be city councilors to do this stuff. But we have a lot of stuff going on. Uh, there's a lot of holiday things that we are expected to be at. If we're not at some of these celebrations, people say, well, where's the city council, right? Right. You know, you know, you know. so, you know, you catch it either way as a council. You know, you catch it either way. But this is kind of a tough time of the year. To, uh, to be holding meetings when we could have had these folks in front of us a long time ago. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, do I don't know, but it's, it's it's Christmas is right around the corner for those that celebrate. And like I said, there's a lot going on. If we don't show up at these things, why are we not there? We don't care. And 
that's just that's the life of a counselor. Do that's you th- the way that it goes. do you think that the meeting was held purposefully to affect the outcome of the votes, knowing that there might be few, fewer counselors there? I don't know. I that's mean, what I, I mean. I, she, 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 I, I, I don't know. And I personally wouldn't go there. Well, just... b- yeah, Burgo had suggested that to me. He's going to be actually going to be in with us at eight o'clock tomorrow to talk about why he he, uh, he had walked out in protest and all that. But hey, Scott, I appreciate yeah. you calling in and, and sharing your insight on those things. I got to hit this break, but um, thank you yeah, for calling in. You. All right, thank bye. you. Have a good day. Bye. New Bedford's News Talk Station, fourteen twenty WBSM. South Coast tonight with you wherever you go. Stream Chris and Marcus on the WBSM app or get their podcast on the app at WBSM.com. Now back to South Coast tonight. Hey, welcome back. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Good evening. How are you doing? Good. Well, after listening to Mia Bullet and listening to Mia Lang, it seems to me that uh, this wind uh, windmill thing may be a transitional uh, way of providing power until you get to the next best thing, which would be this fusion, whether it comes in the next 50 years or the next five years or sure. whatever. And uh, I, I, I think it would be a help to the city's economy, but I don't think it's a be-all and end-all. And, uh, again, if you look back at history and you said, well, the whaling city at one time lit the world, but that ended. And uh, then I think some of the whaling money went into textiles. That ended. I think uh, you can look at the windmills probably the same way, that it's uh, probably a transitional move into the next phase. I I can see New Bedford probably being a place where you could store uh, some of the components that are going to make the windmills and then maybe uh, bring them out to the sites where these windmills will be constructed. But I don't see it as being the be-all and end-all of uh, everything in the future. No, I, I mean, I think that's true. I think a lot of people are, I think a lot of, um, I think most people involved in this are, 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 are probably saying that. Again, it's not like, it's not the cure-all, it's just one part. Yeah. Uh, it's one complementary part of a, like a sprawling, yeah. you know, uh, marine, biz, uh, marine business waterfront. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I think it's one aspect of it. Uh, yeah. Again, I see, what I, what I see is maybe is some pre-assembly being done here in that south end. Is that the area near the old Ben Rose field that they're talking about with uh, this um, terminal that they're going to have? It wouldn't be within the uh, dike, would it? Um, uh, the Marine Commerce Terminal, I can tell you where it is if I, like, I can, I can, I can drive there. I can get there immediately. You know, I think it's it's outside of the, the dike, it, I think. It's, it's, uh, it's near, like, right near, like, Knuckleheads. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sort of like with yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't think it's within the uh, uh, the the, uh, the the gates of the harbor. The other thing I'd like to ask you, and maybe you could give us a little insight on this. You are a Fairhaven official. Uh, mm. How beneficial has the two windmills been to Fairhaven as far as supplying money or power or whatever? Yeah, um, you know, honestly, it's not something that's really been tracked quite a bit. I mean, you can see on on online how much energy it's provided do i think it was like a worth do i think it was a worthwhile endeavor um i can't say to any certainty uh that um that it's that it was well that's just something right there because if you're not sure that it was a real great thing because you'd be telling mm-hmm. me oh yeah it was a real great thing it produced a lot of money and uh, and we got a lot of power out of it and stuff so i don't know if that is any 
you know any has any bearing on on the bigger thing that they might produce out in the in the vineyard okay because i know when i drive by the uh, uh the two uh, towers that you get there sometimes they're turning and sometimes they're not so it'd be interesting to know just exactly uh how much of i mean we, we just we just Does basically all the power for the uh, city i mean for the town town buildings uh you know what does it do you know, yeah, I mean, I know the know. town gets lease payments, it get property taxes. Okay. Um, uh, it's uh, you know, in terms of uh, you know, I, I listen. I just you know, I became a rate payer. Uh, I became a rate payer about you know, fifteen years after these turbines came up. So, to the extent that I could see a difference in the in in my you know electrical payments and all that, I, you know, I, I can't say no. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, you know, you'll have to ask other residents who are who are a little bit older, but um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm honestly not entirely again, sure. Again, for you not to know for sure that this has been a wonderful thing and it it really changed, you know, it, it kind of tells me that it, they're up there and they're providing something, but maybe not as much as. I mean, I know it saved the town some money, but like to say like, oh, it's you know, I think it's like, I think it's like. It's something like a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. in in um, in savings for the town. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I know going back when they started those things, oh, there were a lot of people God. around there that were complaining about the whooshing of the uh, of the. Uh, yeah, it was it was it was kind of a the whole thing. I mean, the town was in total uproar over yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, a couple of people lost, uh, like you know, a selectman, a longtime selectman, lost his seat by mm-hmm. a significant amount mm-hmm. uh, because of it. There were other people that lost elected positions. Mm-hmm. There are people that were elected just basically uh, being anti-turbine people, mm-hmm. some of them that are still on the select board now. Um, but I would say a couple – I think it saves the town like a couple hundred thousand a year against a $52 million budget. I don't know. Like, you know, like <laughs> yeah, I, it's, okay. it's – right, right. you know, I'm not entirely – I'm not entirely sure. Well, uh, if again, it's I'm a little bit positive. older than you, and I remember when that went in, and it, it was uh, quite a controversy because of the noise of the, you know, the windmills and all that sort of stuff. But again, if that is any kind of idea on a smaller scale of what windmills will produce, I don't think the windmills and the wind power is going to be a panacea for the area, but probably just uh, maybe a traditional uh, transitional. Uh, you know, you know, business that leads maybe later on to the fusion thing, whether it be in the next fifty years, as uh, Mayor Bullitt had said, or next uh, five years. Right. Uh, so uh, again, I I I wouldn't get all uh, warm and fuzzy about it. it. It's a part of the thing. The thing that they should make sure that they get a control of is the electrical grid. Oh, so uh, just from Lima, Scott Lima just texting me, uh-huh. both Foss Terminal and Massachusetts Marine Commerce Terminal are inside the Hurricane Dike. Oh, they're inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dike. That's actually, oh. now that I'm okay. now that I'm envisioning okay. it, I, I, can, I can see it. Okay. It is inside the car. I, yeah. I thought it was further down where the old, uh, yeah. and in back of the Berkshire Hathaway or something like that. I thought that's no. where it was going to go. Yeah. I mean, oh, I, don't, I don't know if that's a problem getting in and out of that those gates and stuff like that, but maybe it's not. Uh, but I'm sure they've, I'm sure they've, uh, I'm sure they've. Uh, okay. Accounted for it. Well, you, can, <laughs> you think you they're going to spend all this money? And like, whoops! You know, can't get remember, through remember the what Reagan tank. said: "Trust but verify." I know you're not a Republican, but trust but verify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, my friend. I'll let you go. I put you through the third degree. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank all you. Right, take care, my all friend. Right, bye bye. I got to take a break. I'll be right back. 
14. Tw- just to clarify some, uh, uh, just what, what uh, Ward 5 Counselor Lima had said, that's both the FOSS uh the, the FOSS terminal and the Massachusetts Marine Commerce Terminal, they're inside the Hurricane Dyke. And both terminals are for wind turbine station and for marshalling areas for uh, wind turbines. So I appreciate Scott Lima calling in. I appreciate um, um, Mayor Bullard joining us uh, as well. And uh, tomorrow, again, we're, gonna have, we're going to have uh, Adam Bass uh, in for a little bit, our new... Um, Uh, One of our new reporters, he's going to come on, talk about a story he wrote. Uh, At 8 o'clock, Shane Burgo, uh, city councilor at large, he's going to join Chris and I at 8 o'clock in studio to talk about why he and Councilor Pereira walked out of a um, city council meeting and forced uh, an adjournment uh, based on lack of quorum. Um, So that will will be tomorrow at 8 o'clock. I'm looking forward to, really looking forward to that. 9 o'clock, Chris Hendricks is going to be joining us tomorrow. So we've got a full slate tomorrow. Really hope to see, uh, really hope to see or hear from you guys, I guess, hear from you guys tomorrow. Um, and, uh, you know, um, get your app chat messages. So, yeah, again, just wrapping. I'm really looking forward to that conversation with uh, with Shane Bergoff. I thought his comments uh, were pretty interesting. I, got a, I wrote a column on it. You can check it out at WBSM. Uh, dot com. Uh, Mayor Mitchell's going to be in tomorrow with Tim uh, Weisberg for his weekly appearance as well. So I think Tim might ask him about um, Burgos, uh, Burgos walkout and how the appointments and briefings committee didn't, you know, uh, wasn't able to move forward with some of their uh, nominations and the, the building demo hearing that they had. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So I'll uh, see you guys tomorrow. Again, I'll be with Chris. I'll be with Shane Burgo. I'll be with Adam Bass. I'll be with Chris Hendricks tomorrow. So um, I will see you on uh, at 7. Later.